Welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is Dave Rowlands. I'm the editor at B2B Marketing. And I'm joined today by Julie Knight, who is CMO at Unit 4. So, Julie, thank you very much for joining me today. Before we begin, um, can you please just tell us a little bit about who Unit 4 are and, um, and your role within it? Absolutely. Well, it's a pleasure to join you today. And uh, and thank you so much for having me and, and by extension, Unit 4. So, Unit 4 is a, a company that actually has been around for 40 years. Uh, many uh, people know Unit 4 as a company that uh, has has really been um, a, 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 a maybe a, a conglomeration of a lot, a lot of different companies such as Coda, Agresso, Provero, Intuo. But Really, we are one company that is focused on uh, enterprise software for the mid-market, and our, our focus is in particular on services-based businesses. So if you think about professional services organization, nonprofit or not-for-profit, uh, higher education, uh, and, um, and public sector, that's who we target. And then in particular, uh, the, the solutions that we sell into those organizations are ERP, FP&A, uh, and talent management, and by extension, uh, HR platforms such as payroll and, uh, and core HR. So uh, we really offer uh, an end-to-end solution uh, for those customers, but again, very much tailored towards uh, the services-based businesses in the mid-market. We're a global company, uh, and we, um, as I've mentioned, we've been around for a, a number of years, but the, the roots of the company really began in Europe, uh, in particular in the Netherlands, and have uh, expanded from there, some uh, organically, others by acquisition. And then in terms of our, we'll call our newer markets, uh, North America in particular is a, a new or growth market for us, and we've got uh, an extensive team, not only just sales, but uh, customer success, uh, marketing, uh, G&A, and so forth, as well as Asia Pacific. Uh, we, uh, within the Asia Pacific market, focused on Australia, New Zealand, uh, as well as uh, uh, Singapore, Southeast Asia. And there, we not only sell our ERP products, but uh, we're also focused on um, a product called ProSoft as well, which is really how we got started. So that, in a nutshell, is uh, is Unit Four. Uh, our CEO Mike Gatling joined the company in uh, April of 2019 and brought with him a, an extensive leadership team, and and we brought an extensive group of, of followers, uh, many of which um, have worked with us in the past. So uh, for your listeners that are familiar with SAP Success Factors, uh, there's a lot uh, a lot of those colleagues that are here now. But it's been really great to see um, the company grow and transform over the past two years. And uh, really, the culmination of all of the hard work uh, came in uh, the strategic buyout uh, this uh, in Q1 
by TA Associates with a, um, with a partnership with Partners Group. And uh, we're really excited about that new partnership. Uh, we've had, um, the company had a great run with Advent International, uh, but we just, we, uh, we jointly decided to take that next step. And, um, and so we're working closely with TA as they're really in the first quarter um, of uh, the relationship with us. And uh, it's really exciting for, for us to get to know them and for them to get uh, get to know the business and the people uh, at a at a much greater depth. So it's very exciting times, and um, and from our perspective, a really really great place to be. Fantastic. Well, thanks for that very comprehensive overview. Um, that certainly provides a lot of context for what we're going to talk about today. Um, yeah. And on to what we're going to talk about. Uh, it's it's obviously the future of marketing and revenue uh, revenue performance and specifically what the board cares about and what they'll care about in 2022 and beyond. Um, So just to kick things off, uh, talking about the situation currently, what does your board care about in terms of marketing's contribution to your organization's success and growth? Are there any particular KPIs they're interested in? Well, I I think, um, you know, as with with any board, as they're they're getting to know uh, the organization, they're spending a lot of time just getting to know marketing. Uh, so we've had a number of meetings to go through um, the organization, how it's set up, uh, what our focus is, uh, where people are, what do they do. So a lot of it I like to say is who's who in the zoo. Uh, but in particular, they're uh, really focused on a number of areas. Um, they're keen on awareness. So as I said earlier, there are many markets uh, where Unifor is a, a really relatively new entrant, uh, and um, and so with that, uh, making sure that we're making the proper investments, not only in awareness, so you know, in particular, uh, PR, media, social, but also a lot of investment in uh, in our analyst relationships, so our tier one relationships, such as Gartner. Forrester, IDC, uh, as well as many others that focus on either regional or vertical or both. So that in particular is is of great importance to them. Uh, and then if you think about what most boards are interested in, growth. Uh, and uh, our, um, our, our new owners, um, and even our previous owners, very much focused on profitable growth. And so the areas that that we spend a lot of time right now in, in I'll call it the, the, you know, the early stages of the relationship is educating them on our, um, our go-to-market model. Uh, so for, uh, for those of your audience, which I dare say pretty much all of them would be familiar with uh, account-based marketing, uh, that's the model that we run. Uh, and uh, as would follow our demand generation team and our sales organization, have also adopted that as a as a as a go to market model. So we're all you know fully in 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 alignment as to uh, that approach uh, and how we start to engage with those accounts. And then of course as uh, we get find opportunities um, to uh, to work together on projects, you know how that moves through the funnel. Um, the other thing that they're keenly aware of uh, or interested in is not only the target account engagement. Uh, and, and that's not just in the traditional buying centers, but also maybe in ones that Unit 4 hasn't traditionally pl- played. So for example, HR is relatively new for 
unit for, whereas uh, finance has been, I'll, I'll call it a, a core focus for us for many, many years. But, you know, the traditional funnel, demand generation funnel, so uh, leads, hand raisers, MQLs, SQLs, uh, marketing sourced, uh, marketing influence, um, as well as, uh, you know, closed one and and finding reasons why, for example, things uh, maybe haven't worked out. So uh, we spend a lot of time on that and taking a look at, uh, you know, opportunities to improve our um, conversion rates, uh, really focus a lot on funnel efficiency. And that's not just marketing, but it really is across um, the entire uh, uh, go-to-market team. Um, Equally, they're very interested in in what we're doing, you know, in support of uh, our customer success organization with customer engagement and customer advocacy. So we spend a lot of time talking about, for example, referenceability, uh, cross-sell and upsell, and just general engagement uh, with those customers. So, you know, I would say that it's it's probably not too dissimilar to what other organizations and marketing teams are um are discussing with their leadership and their boards, but uh, ours is uh, ours is very much in the uh, in the early stages of just really getting to understand the business and now digging into some um, we'll call it the low hanging fruit of some potential improvements uh, that we can we can make um, across the organization across the go to market organization just to um, improve efficiency and effectiveness. So um, it's all good. And I think the other thing um, that I'd just like to add, and and really I, I wanna tip my hat to TA is that um, they do have a, a fairly large portfolio of software companies. And for us to be able to uh, get that, uh, that experience and that perspective to take a look at our own business is incredibly invaluable. I mean, we, we've leveraged very heavily serious decisions now Forrester for many, many years, as well as a number of vendors and, and partners, but to now work with, uh, um, with uh, a private equity firm like TA and be able to tap into those resources um, and I'll call it experiences uh, is something that we think will help um, fast track uh, our own business. Okay, so the board, there's a lot that the board are interested in there, particularly awareness, which I think was one of the first things you were mentioning as a mm-hmm. kind of a new entrant into the market. So mm-hmm. how are you measuring success against these criteria? You know, are there any particular metrics you're utilizing um, to, you know, to demonstrate marketing success to the board? Yeah, so uh, there's a, a couple of different areas. I mean, obviously how, uh, how people, and, and again, I want to refer back to the fact that, that we do run uh, a... a um, a target account or ABM model. So really it's around uh, those accounts and then the buying centers that are relevant uh, to the products and services that we, that we sell. So uh, awareness can play, you know, a couple of different worlds and it's, you know, a lot of it has to do with awareness of unit four uh, of unit four itself. And so we actually do run brand surveys and we'll focus in on particular areas like product awareness uh, with those accounts. So that's that's one area that that we use. Uh, we work with a, a partner called a test uh, to help us in um, in that effort in developing the questions and then uh, being able to field those surveys and then have the dashboards to to take a look at at performance and opportunities for improvement. In addition, uh, we do a lot of what 
you know, many companies do in terms of our, um, our PR coverage, uh, share a voice, for example, uh, we have metrics with regard to tier one coverage. As I mentioned, analyst coverage is, is in particular very, very important. And, uh, you know, that covers, that's, it's broader than just awareness, but for a company like ourselves to be able to not only uh, have, uh, be, you know, included in reports and, and have coverage from the tier ones, but also the vertical players, factors very heavily in how we look at, at awareness and understanding and then playback of our, uh, of our key messages. So those are just um, some of the things that we track from a KPI, KPI standpoint. And um, equally, uh, it's, uh, it's much of what our board wants to hear. And then I, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say social engagement. Uh, we have both of um, a very active uh, employee uh, social advocacy program. Uh, and in fact, uh, we uh, won an award uh, with Gartner uh, for our partnership with Disseminate. Um, and we've seen really tremendous growth, uh, not only um, in kind of the organizations that you would expect to be using social, but really across the, uh, the entire company. So we're really excited about that. And then we've also seen social play out in terms of the brand work and the brand studies that we've done through a test. So we've seen social as a place that, you know, equally um, those that are doing research as well as those in the C-suite look to for information about Unit 4 and hear about Unit 4. So we are seeing a nice triangulation uh, of, you know, our work on the social side, um, as well as uh, brand awareness and the ability, again, to uh, to play back those messages that um, describe not only Unit 4 itself, uh, but also the markets we serve and why and our products. Okay, fantastic. And I think something you mentioned earlier, as you were saying, you know, the board, the board is still coming together, and it, it's kind of a case of who's who in the zoo. I think you said. Um, so, do you think there's any areas that you know perhaps the, the board don't quite appreciate the the value that marketing can deliver? Um, you know, I I wouldn't say that there is. It's that they don't appreciate. We're as I mentioned, we're still in the early stages of of them actually getting to know. Unit four itself, and in particular, as we get into uh, into marketing, so I would say, you know, the area that that we're really digging into at the moment uh, would be getting an understanding of our our dy- dynamic ABM process and how that works and how what the interlock is between all of the different uh, organizations that leverage whether it's. Um, the program itself or the technology that we use to really understand intent and engagement. So uh, there's a lot of complexity around it. It's not something, you know, it's not back in the, in the days where, you know, you received a lead, you know, you work, it becomes an opportunity, then it becomes a deal. There's, there's really a lot that goes on, not only for our net new business, but also our existing business. So it, we're, the appreciation um, is not a lack. It's more of just really getting to understand it um, and then understanding, you know, the things that the, that they do know very well are uh, the, the demand waterfall. Um, so us explaining, 
you know, our metrics um, and where we are, where we have opportunities uh, for improvement and, um, and also taking a look at, you know, again, uh, some of the technology that we have in place, um, you know, why we use it, um, what the benefit is. And then as we look at the role of the business development organization, uh, how, what role they play in it, um, and you know how how that process of uh, engaging with those uh, marketing qualified leads, if you will, or doing their own outbound prospecting, and how that gets handed off uh, to our sales organization, and then so on and so forth. So that's really where we add it. I, as an organization. I uh, I think that they have actually a really great appreciation. Uh, but as with any company, uh, even if you are selling exactly the same thing into the same markets your approaches may be a little different because, for example, you um, you may not be as heavily dependent on your existing business, for example, or you may be centered in fewer markets. Uh, we happen to be in quite a few markets, uh, especially in, uh, in EMEA. Uh, so um, that plays a big role. And how we perform in each of those markets uh, differs very uh, greatly depending on you know, our, uh, our maturity there. Okay, fantastic. And just looking forward to it, you know, what do you think your board will be interested in when it comes to marketing demonstrating success in the future? You know, are there any key areas, initiatives, or KPIs that you know the board are going to be increasingly interested in? Uh, yeah, I, um, you know, in our in our discussions to date, um, you know, they're they're going to continue to look at the KPIs that we that we have today and the focus that we have today. We've we we go we've you know we've gone in depth with with them through through much of it. So there really isn't anything that they they you know it's one thing or another. Uh, clearly uh, the role of, of pipe pipeline development is uh, is significant uh, and it's significant uh, it's an area of importance, not only for marketing, but also business development generated uh, outside of what, you know, the, the, uh, the marketing qualified leads that we provide our business development organization, uh, but also sale at sales and um, our, our ecosystem. Uh, that's a relatively new area for uh, Unit 4 and having our partners uh, create demand for uh, the business is something that, that, you know, as a company we're working on. So those are all areas that, that they're keenly interested in we'll, and we'll have, a, we'll have an eye on. Um, I think the other thing which is, is important and for uh, your listeners, you know, Unit 4 traditionally was uh, a company that focused heavily on on-premise software. So, you know, that's that those products and that sales motion and, you know, how one uh, thinks about customer uh, engagement, uh, support, success and renewals is is quite a bit different than than SaaS. And so uh, helping the company understand and really work more towards, uh, let's call it focus, velocity and really a different way of thinking uh, as it relates to uh, user adoption versus maybe customer adoption uh, is, is something relatively new. So, you know, we're also digging in uh, the dynamics of, of selling um, cloud-based or, or SaaS-based software to, uh, uh, to customers. So that's, a, that's an area that we're spending a lot of time on. <laughs> 
Okay, so with that in mind, then, um, you know, what plans uh, have you got in mind that you're going to put in place to make these uh, these areas more successful? Yeah, so the the areas that we're working on now, uh, as uh, as you probably know through your research, uh, and also just you know very simply, Unit Four has been in business for forty years. We have a very strong uh, installed customer base. So some of the tactics that we're working on at the moment is is very much around migrating those customers uh, to cloud and in particular ERPX. So um, you know, with that, there's education, uh, there's programs. Uh, there's, uh, there's offers that we're working on to, to help, uh, in that regard. Uh, we're also working a lot more, um, deliberately, if you will, on customer advocacy and engagement, uh, as it relates to marketing. Uh, so instead of just references, what other, uh, types of program programming, um, that, you know, we have in place, uh, to ensure that our customers always feel like, uh, they're getting the proper education. They feel connected to the company. Uh, they're able to um, to really understand uh, who they need to re uh, outreach to. How uh, or, for example, um, taking advantage of our our new uh, community for you, which has been in place for about an uh, about a year and a half. So, a lot of things that didn't exist but exist before. Marketing plays a very key role in whether it's uh, awareness or obviously the the design creation and execution of those programs. You know, other areas that we're working on uh, is. Again, as we've moved to this dynamic uh, ABM model, uh, you know they're looking at you know obviously the efficacy of that, but um, how are those prospecting engaging with us? You know how many touches? What is the velocity through the um, uh, through the funnel? And how do we speed those things up? Uh, how do we make sure that? Um, you know, equally, because within within marketing, we also look after sales enablement to make sure that our uh, our sales organization is is up to speed uh, on everything from you know the new products, the new offers, uh, and you know even on the services side, um, so they can be not only effective advocates for our existing customers, uh, but also really be very proficient in uh, engaging with our new customers. So there's quite a bit that's going on in order to, uh, you know, uh, I guess, meet the requirements of, uh, of, our, uh, of our new partner, but also uh, equally uh, to accelerate the business. Okay, and one thing I, I wanted to talk about, um, maybe slightly off topic, but it's important mm-hmm. nonetheless. Uh, I think there's a, an increasing trend towards brands becoming publishers. Um, and with third-party mm-hmm. cookies looking to end in the next couple of years, there's also mm-hmm. this move towards B2B brands gathering more first-party data generally. So when it comes to Unit 4, you know, what are you doing around this? Is it something you're actively involved in or are you, or are you, are you seeing a totally different situation? Well, I mean, we we do publish quite a bit, and uh, you know that is something that you know it, traditionally, uh, when I came into the business in June of 2019, a lot of what we focused on was more around product related information or industry related related information as it relates then to the to the product. So, uh, I would say you know how we talked about Unit Four, how we talked about the value of our products, uh, or um, education around the needs of the industry was maybe pretty limited. 
Uh, and in, that instead has really expanded, um, as, as a lot of companies have done with regard to, to thought leadership. And so, you know, some of the things that, that we're doing to, to provide continuous engagement um, is the blog. The blog serves as a, um, as a, as a, as a major uh, way that we engage uh, we educate and so, and so forth. So, um, you know, I, and I know obviously there's a lot of companies out there that, that use the blog, uh, as a, as a method to, to provide that education, provide updates because it's a regular, it's a, it's a place that people would regularly go to, to, to learn more and just kind of understand what, what, uh, what is going on with the company or, or trends in the marketplace. We do have, um, you know, with regard to the, our first party, uh, data gathering exercises. Uh, there's content syndication. We take a look at uh, website, you know, conversions. We do LinkedIn uh, um, uh, generation, LinkedIn sponsored updates. So there's quite a bit that that we do, um, as well as our own. Uh, we we partner with Drift uh, for on on the chatbot side. So I think we've got uh, 25 different playbooks. Uh, depending on who you are and what you need, um, so there's there's quite a there's there's a lot of different paths uh, that people can engage with Unit Four on the content side, and and in turn, you know, we're able to gather information as um, you know as needed and as is appropriate. Um, so I hope that answered uh, your question on uh, with regard to the content side. Uh, we also have uh, a lot of um, a lot of systems uh, in place. Uh, you know, we use uh, Terminus, for example, that uh, helps us take a look at. You know, based on um, you know our prospect accounts. Uh, you know, hitting the bet the uh, the website, we can take a look at web visits. You know, spiking behavioral points, uh, as well as the type of content uh, that that they access, and then and then from there, uh, we do through other tooling as well, take a look at uh, what they're consuming through the, through the buying cycle. So there's a lot of different ways that, you know, we, we monitor and track and engage with, uh, with folks. And, um, you know, we're looking to, to continue and, and build off of it. And one of the things that we haven't done uh, since COVID obviously is uh, face-to-face events. It used to be something that we did quite a bit. And um, for our uh, particular uh, verticals that we serve, uh, in particular public sector, nonprofit, and higher education, uh, we do see uh, an interest, though we'll see how, how the budgets and, and the travel situation um, you know, impacts that. But people are very keen to get together and uh, not only to network, but also tap into some of the domain experts uh, and, uh, and SMEs that we have here at Unit 4 and by extension partners. So we're, we're starting to, to see a return of that in markets where it's allowed. So that'll be factored in, uh, obviously, into how we, how we take a look at all of that. Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much. And mm-hmm. when it comes to driving more success and contribution for marketing, what trends, channels, tactics, and technologies are you are you seeing or working with? Well, as we uh, you know take a look, you know we we like every company you, you know have uh, apply uh, and uh, pro uh, different types of tactics depending on you know what we need to do. So a big focus for us, to be honest with you. Uh, as we've put together our, um, you know, we call it our TAM, but the total target 
target account base based on our ideal customer profile across all of the regions and verticals in which we serve. Uh, but, um, but equally within the different buying centers, whether it's finance, HR, uh, C-suite or uh, IT is building out those, um, bu- building out those um, account databases. Uh, so that's been an area where we've used um, tactics such as content syndication, for example. Uh, so we not only get to tap into um, the people that are in those different roles, you know, for example, within uh, human resources, it can be talent for example, or it could be uh, HRIS. Uh, but, you know, we, we see, you know, we see those folks engaging in a lot of different content um, that we have. The other thing that um, has worked in particular, though it's a small sample size, given that a lot of people are working at home, uh, continues to be dr- direct marketing, um, you know, the touch, if you will, uh, and being able to, um, you know, whether it's something whimsical, like, uh, you know, a box of chocolates, uh, or, or, you know, something that uh, is whimsical in nature. Um, you know, it's sometimes it's, it's nice to receive a package. And, um, and so that's an area that we're, we continue to explore. You know, we've done a, a fair share of webinars, uh, and we are very mindful of webinar or virtual event fatigue. So, you know, as we take, as we focus now on, you know, building out our X for you or, um, uh, experience for you customer event, which will be taking place in mid-November, um, being mindful of what that virtual experience is. We are weaving in some uh, in-person events, uh, as well as uh, Analyst Summit, uh, a partner uh, partner exchange, uh, and customer advisory board. But you know, we understand that you know in certain markets, uh, you know, we do have some flexibility, and people do want to get together and have an opportunity, as I mentioned, to network and also get to meet a lot of the uh, the experts, um, as well as leadership within Unit Four. So that's how it's playing out for us. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. And one thing we we always talk about in marketing is sales enablement. Um, but I, I want to gauge what your thoughts are on rather than marketing aligning with sales. So the kind of becoming this kind of um, collateral creator for salespeople, more about sales aligning with marketing. Mm-hmm. So you know how important is it for marketing and sales to have that really mutually equal relationship in both in which both sides are, are focused on increasing revenue for their organization. It's incredibly um, critical. You know, the days of uh, sales, um, the, you know, the first engagement point being, uh, you know, talking to a, a sales executive or talking to a business development rep, you know, largely are over. Um, just like, you know, all of us in our personal lives, you know, we're doing we're doing a lot of surfing. We're spending a lot of time ed- educating, whether it's you know, directly on a vendor side or through review sites or, you know, just, just, you know, thought leadership and trends of the day. And that certainly is, uh, it's happening. It's happening for us. We find that the majority of our prospects and even our customers who, you know, are thinking about renewals, they're thinking about, you know, expanding um, their, uh, their footprint with us, come to the table very well educated, educated, educated on what we do, what's going in the market, uh, their needs as an organization. So a lot of that table setting is done. And so if you think then about 
whether it's the type of, and you mentioned content, um, but the, you know, the need, the content needs have changed a bit. Um, the tooling that we have in place to really understand intent, understand engagement, what are they looking at? Maybe things, uh, for example, that we have out there that maybe just are not resonating and how do we have to uh, change it up? So we find that sales is very keen on having that intelligence um, and then their need for greater understanding, not just of the products we serve, but also education with regard to personas and the needs of whether it's uh, department, you know, roles uh, and functions equally are extremely important. So it's it, the, definitely the, the, that, that working relationship um, I think transcends the, you know, what have you done for me lately? Um, I would say that um, it's a, it's a, in most organizations, it really is a thing for a thing of the past. There's always challenges in, in, in the relationship just with regard to, you know, you got to make your number and, you know, have you delivered pipeline and, you know, is that pipeline good? Of course we have those conversations and, and any organization should, but we see much more of, of an interest and a desire and really a need to tap into a lot of the intelligence um, and a lot of the you know, education and content um, in order to really further their own understanding, but also make the uh, touch points with uh, customers and prospects that much more um, meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, marketing's obviously come a long way in the last even 10 years let alone 50 years um but you know looking forwards what else do you think needs to change now how will you continue to demonstrate great contribution for marketing to the board so i um i think one of the areas that is is really important for marketing and for marketers themselves is to get exposure to the entire customer life cycle um you know we Sometimes, and you know, this is certainly in my experience over the, the, the many or too many years in, in technology, is that the tyranny of the urgent um, often closes doors uh, for opportunities to learn. And so we're spending time, and in fact, you know, one of the first things that we, we did when things began to open up both in the UK and the U S was to, to do a day of learning, uh, on everything from, um, understanding around prospecting to partners, to deal cycles, how do, um, how to, how do our sales folks work a deal cycle? Um, how does our customer success organization work with existing customers? So being able to, if you will, sit on the other side of the table and really get a good understanding of what that process, the engagement, the work that needs to be done in order to close a deal um, in order to make sure that uh, a customer uh, is, is um, if they have issues, that those issues are getting resolved. Those are things that sometimes, you know, we're just simply not, you know, we're aware that they exist, but we're not aware of the day-to-day. Very similar to our colleagues on uh, in, in sales or in other departments. I mean, you're just not, you're not in that person's shoes every day because you're doing your own job. And so we're spending a lot more time providing that, that education because it, it makes them better marketers. 
and also empathy and building relationships uh, because we are one team. Uh, in order to be successful, we have to operate with that mindset. Uh, and if we don't, and we're operating with our own within our own silos, uh, it, it's not going to be successful for the company. But I think more importantly, customers really feel that it's like, wow, it's a very disjointed experience, and those experiences. Marketing says one thing, sales says another, and then uh, wow, and then now I'm a customer, and it's some, and it, and now it's something completely different, and that's really an area that um, that we're working on as a company to to join that all up. Okay, and perhaps following on from that a bit, you know, chief revenue officers are something that are becoming an increasingly popular appointment mm-hmm. within B2B organizations. They're not everywhere, but they are um, they are in, they are on the are on the rise. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, why do you think this is? What value do you think they offer organizations? Well, I think it's just, you know, it's back to the to the point that I was just referring to, which is customers are expecting a joined up experience. And, you know, the days of, you know, you being shuttled from, you know, one experience to another experience to, you know, one set of people to another group of people just doesn't feel right. It feels uncomfortable. It's like, you know, I, I, I bought into to the vision I bought into, you know, what, what, you know, what my organization could become the value that that could be received. But instead I'm kind of going down an assembly line with very disjointed experiences. And I can definitely see uh, why organizations are looking to have that, you know, single leader that pulls all that together. And when you think about, uh, SaaS, um, you know, software. Well, software as a service, and and certainly many of the uh, many of the platforms and solutions that are out there, you know, the user experience really is key. It's you know, what value am I getting out of it? Um, am I uh, is it sticky? Am I using um, all that is available to me? Are my experiences uh, at different points in my in the journey delightful experiences? Are they effortless experiences? But you know, when there's different handoffs and different groups with different KPIs, um, that isn't happening. And, you know, people realize that, you know, you're only as good as your last interaction um, and contracts really can be canceled, you know, at almost any time. Uh, it's not that you um, have custom software with uh, with maintenance contracts. Uh, those days are are quickly going away. So in that sense, uh, I think there's ever, ever increasing need uh, to be cognizant of bringing that, that together and have, and, you know, having a a person. And then I think, you know, in, in many startups, many are looking at that as it's a competitive advantage um, that uh, one, you've got one person that really is thinking about that end to end experience. Okay, fantastic. And I think we've got time for just one last question before we wrap it up today. So um, I wanted to ask, how are you measuring a single view of the customer experience and what are you doing to improve it? Um, So, you know, the single view of the of the customer experience, I would say we're we're not quite there yet, uh, but we certainly are through um, through a lot of the work that we're doing within uh, the marketing and the sales organization, but equally, you know, what we've been able to do on uh, the customer success side, such as um, 
implementing Gainsight, for example. Uh, we've also implemented ServiceNow. So we're starting to join those things up. I, th I've, I think I've used probably overused that term, but really it does, it, 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 it speaks in part to the evolution that we're on and also the understanding of what customers' expectations are. And so we are, we're starting to, to take all of that. Um, and, you know, we've got some more, we have some projects that are underway that, that you know, we'll, we'll start to bring a lot of that data, that data together. And, um, you know, through both, qualitative and quantitative um, views uh, get a better understanding of what that experience is like and, you know, things that we're doing well and equally where there's opportunities for uh, improvement. So, um, you know, I think, you know, equally it's, 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 it's the tooling and the data, but I think if you just rely solely on that, you're really missing a trick. Um, it's also educating everybody who um, is in that process, which really means everybody in your company. Uh, it's not just the sales organization. It's just it's not the marketers that you know may be writing content. It's also your um, your accounts payable people. Uh, it's uh, you know it's really any touch point in an organization. And, you know, we as a company need to ensure that we're really thinking holistically about that um, and that we really are driving for a, a unified customer experience, a really delightful experience um, and one that meets not only the promise that we have in the brand, but also they get as much value um, and they feel like they're getting that value um, in all of the interactions that they have uh, with the company and by extension, and I'd be re remiss in saying this, and with the partners and influencers that, that you know, we as a company work with. Julie, I think that's a wonderful place to leave it. So thank you very much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Um, and to our audience as well, thank you as always for listening. Um, we haven't forgotten about you. Um, and hopefully we'll see you in the next one. So Julie, thanks again. Um, do you have any final words before we close things off? You know, I think my, you know, the last, the last word is, uh, you know, as we're, you know, coming out of, uh, you know, in some cases coming out of uh, the pandemic or, or at least navigating it uh, a little more easily. And, you know, we heard the news the other day uh, with regard to, to travel. So, you know, we will be seeing more face-to-face -face engagement, which I, I think that there's a need for that, that, that human engagement is, is really important. But again, um, we have learned a lot um, and we should look at this pandemic as an opportunity to learn and, and be educated and what more we can do uh, to make sure that there's consistency um, in, in all of the different touch points. And, you know, and as we begin to fold in uh, that human to human engagement, let's make sure that that, that too is a real, that it is consistent as well. And that customers feel like it's worth their time um, and that they really do feel like they have a partner uh, in you, regardless of who you are in an organization. So that would be my, my parting thoughts. Some wise words. Um, thank you very much. Um, if you want to listen to any more um, uh, B2B Marketing podcasts, please just head to www.b2bmarketing.net slash podcasts, and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you'd like to hear more about the future of tech marketing and revenue performance, just follow the link in the description to check out our full report, which is sponsored by Together. This podcast was just one of a series of four, all of which we used to inform the report. So if you want to learn more and get the big picture, download the report now. And watch out for the remaining podcasts in this series in the coming weeks. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.